Gene and Roger is the story of the two most powerful, influential movie critics of their time, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. You can find Gene and Roger on the Big Picture feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a quick trailer. It seemed like a crazy idea for a TV show. Take two rivals and let them duke it out about movies. But Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert quickly became the most popular film critics in the country. Millions of viewers tuned in to see whether they vote thumbs up or thumbs down. This is the story of two unlikely superstars who changed the way we argue. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Brian Raftery, and this is Gene and Roger. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. I guess there's no right way to start this off other than quoting the great Benjamin Franklin and saying the only things in this life that are certain are death, taxes, and Johnny Bananas. That's an actual quote from Ben Franklin himself. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah. 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 And, wow. and, and, and there's no better way. I don't think there's any better way to start off this podcast that is about the fifth great American sport than by having the man who coined that phrase. I, it gets thrown around a lot. I've seen it everywhere. I've seen it, you know, in periodicals. I see there's, you know, all kinds of, of, of people who have done their own podcasts. And, you know, I think people on the challenge themselves use the moniker, the fifth great American sport. But not many people know the origin of, uh, of that phrase. And um, it was my column. I wrote it. All credit goes to the great Bill Simmons, the sport writer, who has been one of the biggest champions, the biggest fan of the challenge for as long as I can remember. And uh, what better way to kick off the Death Taxes and Johnny Bananas podcast than with the uh, our, our, our biggest cheerleader, Mr. Bill Simmons. Well, we should mention it took a couple of years to get you to do a podcast. We're going to we're launching it in time for the new challenge season, which you're going to uh, be breaking down on, along with a lot of other things over the course of this podcast. But um, but it took took a couple of years. You're a hard man to pin down. We had to mail you equipment. You had to set up the equipment. You're going to have to figure out how to be on time for Zooms and tape on a schedule. I, I'm really excited to see how this plays out. Listen, man, I, as I said, you just texted me, Bill actually just texted me and said, you're going to be late for your first podcast, which I responded. I'm probably going to be late for my own funeral. Punctuality <laughs> has never been my thing. 
All right. But I've always worked better. I'm a procrastinator. All right. I just, I'm in Saratoga right now. I'm doing my first DJ set tomorrow, believe it or not. And I had so much going on. I had to do social media posts. I had to learn how to DJ. I had to pack. I had to get all this other stuff. And I didn't, and I left, I left it until the last possible minute to do it, but I got it all done. And I'm, I'm a more efficient worker that way when I'm under the gun. So, so do so are you retired from the challenge? Is this a temporary retirement? Cause they just started a second straight season without you. You've seven titles. You're the Michael Jordan of the challenge, but, but now you, now you're out. I've been, I'm not out, man. I'm not, I'm not out. I've got, listen, here, here's the way I like to, I got, I still got one foot in the door. Okay. I got one foot in the grave and one foot in the door. When I, after total madness, I mean, listen, I've, I've spent over a decade and a half of my life doing these shows. Okay. I've done 20, 20 plus, well, 20 seasons. You count champ stars. You could say plus. Um, I don't count those. Yeah, I know you don't. Yeah. Bill's never, Bill has never been a fan of the champs versus stars. No, nah, I don't. Those are, that's like, that's like the G league. We don't count those. <laughs> those are real NBA seasons. We don't use those stats. Um, after total madness, I mean, it was th- that season in particular, I I just poured so much out in that. And and I mean, living in the bunker and it being again, my 20th season, my seventh win. Um, I plus just all the, to- plus all the conspiracy theories about that. They rigged the challenge for you to win. Like it wasn't even, then you had to deal with that. A lot of conspiracies, apparently, according to some out there, we refilmed the intro of the final because people are saying it was supposed to be winner take all. And because Jenny crossed the finish line first, Production then had to be like, hold on, we have to save our golden child and uh, we have to make this uh, a 50-50 split. Somehow they got everybody on the challenge who you know as well as I do uh, (laughs) leak like a sieve. There is absolutely no secrets kept to keep the greatest secret of all time, which is Johnny Bananas actually didn't win. And we had to re and TJ on top of that, TJ, the most honest, I mean, the salt of the earth, most honest human being on earth. They had to get TJ to agree to that too, to re-recording the intro. You were running his final. I was running he his final. He now calls it my final now. It's my challenge, my final. It's very like, he's very inclusive of himself now in this stuff. Uh, I mean, did you so see you won seven. One seven. You're like Floyd Mayweather. It's like, you're kind of retired, but you're not retired. You're always willing to come back. You never know. And, and Bill, who knows? What I, I had to take a step back because you know why, man? I had to spread the love a little bit. All right. I had to let somebody else win. You know, I, I, and not just to mention the fact that as if the target wasn't big enough on my back going into that season, going into my sixth, I had six wins going in. I then had to convince everybody once again that I was not the biggest threat there and to kind of just give me a shot at getting to another final. I'm too old. I'm too broken down to run another final. Uh, you could it's only a, pull- It's amazing on these shows that they don't just first episode, like, let's take that guy out. Let's take the guy out who's who's won seven titles and has been in like 11 finals. Let's get him. Let's get rid of him. The greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing people he didn't exist. And that's what I have to do every season on the challenge. And um, well, now you can just pretend you're the old guy. It's like, ah, man, I can't even do this anymore. Just keep me around. I'm too old to win. I don't really even have to pretend anymore, Bill. I mean, I'm not (laughs) I'm not joking, dude. Like when I when I look. Just watching, you know, last night's episode, uh, Spies, uh, what is it again? Spies, Lies, Spies, and Allies. Spies, Lies, and Allies. Not a bad title. Not a bad title. Not as good as Death, Taxes, and Bananas. No. Well, nothing's as good as that. Nothing in, and nothing in life is as sure of that either. But 
after watching just the trailer of that and seeing, I mean, they're doing a three-way hall brawl now. They're doing regular hall brawl. It seemed like every every clip, they someone had pads on, someone was bleeding, and someone was getting knocked down. And I'm like, I think I picked a good time to kind of step away, man, and, and uh, let some of these uh, nagging injuries that I've had over the, the, the years heal. Well, the challenge is definitely... I, you know, it's evolved from the early 2000s in a lot of different ways. But I, I think even watching last night, that first episode, which was fine, um, it's there's a lot less drama. There's a lot less people flipping out. The days of the Camillinator just tearing through the house like a volcano, um, those days seem to be over. It's a more congenial challenge. Even when people have arguments, they don't show a lot of it. And it's it's much more of a competition and it's much more physical and it's, it's much more combative just in the challenge ring versus in the house, which seems like an intentional choice, right? I see. And I, I believe so in certain ways, but I, the, and and I, again, someone like you, who's been a viewer for, for the challenge, as long as you have, it really has over the years um, evolved and, and went from, Kind of a side, not not a. I don't want to call it a sideshow, but it was. A lot of the games were like carnival games, right? That that anyone could do, smearing paint on a canvas, you know, melting a block of ice with your body, and it really has evolved into more of a in, in, into a sport, which I am fine with. But I think what has gone by the wayside in a lot of ways is a lot of the fun and a lot of 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 the antics that went along with the environment not being so serious. In last night's Agreed. episode. There was 87 twists by by the time we even got to the first elimination. The back in the day it used to be like listen, you show up, here's the game, all right? The, there might be one or two twists. Hey guys, it's a, we're, we're we're leaving locations, we're moving locations for a final. It's going to be an overnight final. But the game, the the boundaries of the game pretty much remain the same from the day you got there until the day that that you left. But now it's like the game changes every five minutes and you can only, I, in my opinion, it's like, you can only pull the wool over people's eyes so many times. And if it, and if, if every twist, if every corner is a twist, it's almost like the reaction isn't as good because we're just expecting things to change as opposed to it being an unexpected thing. And I think that the challenge has evolved and it's changed in a lot of ways, but I feel like, you know, I feel like they're almost doing too much. I feel like they're putting too many bells and whistles on it. Well, go, let's go over last night's, the big ones were, I mean, it was the basic setup, right? Everyone has a team. They fit, they, they came up with the teams in the beginning with the knock the locks off and bring the safe across the finish line. But then the person that won, they're called the agency, which is yep. basically, they've always had that thing. Like the winning team now gets to decide who goes in and then everyone else votes for the other side. We get to the lair, which they're, yep. that's what they're calling it this year. The one team goes in. And then the other team, the agency, all of a sudden it's like, no, no, you're going to pick a male and a female. It could be from any team. They don't have to be a team together. So now it's like, well, what is this? That th These two random people that didn't even know each other, they go in their team, they win. Then they get to basically pick their new partners. And <laughs> I'm like, if you have a scorecard, you're just ripping up scorecards. And, right, and, that, and we had four new teams by the end of the show. And then if you're compromised, that, that's the one thing. I mean, I think now with the challenge, I, I needed I needed to write down. Um, I did too. Definitions of what everything meant. Um, and this is someone that ha has done my fair amount of challenges. And, and I'm just, 
there was a few times when I almost had to go back to my notes and almost rewind to be like, wait, what, what does it mean if someone's compromised again? And how does this voting system go? Yeah. What happened um, in the days of like rivals? These two people don't like each other. They're going to be so a team easy. this season. Yeah. It, and that's you're stuck. These that's people what, used to date. Now, and, now they, and don't. they don't anymore. Yeah. Um, Battle yeah, of the seasons. It's like, all right, we get it. These people were on different seasons and now they're fighting each other. I mean, it's, they, they, you really do have to have like a, a very high IQ uh, in order to be a fan and follow along with the challenge. Good thing you don't have to have a very high IQ to uh, to, to compete because I think that's um, that's kind of been one of the things that that's made the show great over the years is some of the commentary that we get from some of the human beings in this house. I mean, listen, Nelson really kicked it off. It, Nelson is a is is a national treasure. Okay, and. I like him too. He's he's become a veteran now. It fa- it took a while, but I feel like your your group of you and Leroy and those guys are now like the vet veterans, and he's yep. like the new new group of veterans. Well, Nani breaks it down for us. Another uh, another uh, you know she, she breaks it down for us exactly what a rookie and a veteran is when she's talking to her partner. Uh, uh, what was his name again? Um, hold on, let me let me go through my list here. It begins with the <laughs> oh, hold on. <laughs> Nani. I thought it was Gabo. Ga- oh, no, Gabo. I'm sorry. Gabo. I knew there was an O in there. All right. Yeah. Nani and Gabo. Poor yeah. Gabo. Poor Gabo picks Nani because she's got a pretty face. Uh, yeah. And doesn't realize she's she's 0 for 11. And she, <laughs> she's also dating Casey. So, I mean, right, right out of the gate, poor Gabo. Not a good scout. Not a good scout. Yeah. But she breaks it down to him and says, listen, in, in very simple terms, and I'm glad she did this because I think the audience needed this too. A, a veteran is someone who's played the game before, and a rookie is someone who hasn't. I thought that was the way she phrased that and laid that out. I just had never thought of that before. You know, I, and and I think that's so the that's rookies. A, the rookies haven't played the game before. No, no, the rookie for the rookies this season. It's the first time <laughs> that they've ever been on the show. And Gabo was like, "Oh, some real insight here for, for <laughs> I mean, really, she if she was actually trying to be smart about it, she would have said, "There's the rookies. There's the vets who think they know the game, and then there's like the savvy vets." The ones that have seen it all, that have been there for at least 10, 12 seasons. Like Anissa is like a savvy vet. And she's CT. seen every, and CT, they've seen every incarnation of the ta- of the challenge. They they know the beats. They're just like the wise old quarterbacks. And and speaking of CT, I mean, man, what a, I, I, he left half of himself at home. I mean, I, I got to say he showed up on this season and I'm like, I mean, this is like, it's like the old CT again. Another reason I'm glad I wasn't there this season. Is this like a trying to get laid CT or just like a looking good? Cause he looked a little frisky in the first episode. Never know with that guy. You never know. I think it's a little, I think there's a, it's a combination of a lot of things. I think him going out to Jay on total madness, the way that he did. Um, I think finally that lit a fire under his ass. Oh. You know what I mean? I think CT got, was really getting complacent over the past few seasons. And he said it and just got way too comfortable, um, you know, with the whole hashtag uh, dad bod. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I think once he realized that, you know, I'm people are going to target me and I'm not just going to be able to kind of like, like sit here and float by based on, you know, my, 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 my past and the, and the, the intimidation factor, which he, he, he never really lost. Um, I think he really had to go home and he had to recalibrate some things and it seems to have worked out. I mean, he, he won last season, um, handily. Where do you stand out on CT just as a guy? I know he's been in your life forever on the show. He's been 
really a a piece of shit a lot of times. Like yeah. he he's fucked over people. Yeah. In yeah. in like dark ways a few yeah. times. Like there is that that year with Diem when he basically strung Diem along, making it seem like that. But he was really just using her for votes, and she didn't realize that to the day end. And you're saying the whole season he's a piece of shit. Don't trust him. But it seems like he's a nicer guy now. Is that a fair take or is he just acting? I think that we have all, I mean, if, if you look at, I mean, I had my share of dark days back on the challenge as well. You did. I think that there's a lot of things that have changed. I think we've all changed with, with age him to, I mean, listen, th this guy used to be a total loose cannon. He'd come on the show and he would have zero control over his emotions or, or his ability to control them. Loose um, cannon selling it short. I mean, yeah, I, I, the guy he, was totally he was, he unpredictable. Was like, he the guy was, was like totally the, unpredictable. He was like the third rail on a subway. <laughs> like where it's like you're actually getting electrocuted <laughs> if you touch it. <laughs> the electrified rail. And you never yeah. knew. You never knew. Um, but I think that that CT, I think that again, and, and like you said on Rivals 2, um, I think that version of CT, as 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 we knew it, I think it's he's that's that's a that's an old version of him, man. Just like the version of Johnny Bananas that you saw on the island. I right. like to say, listen, I think as as great as it is for a lot of these old episodes of the challenge to be like now uh, revisited on the different streaming pl platforms, I also got to say that there were some seasons and some decisions that I made in the past that I would have liked to have remained in the past. And it's almost like, you know, they've kind of been brought back up and, and are being relitigated. Um, yeah. So I like to think that it's like, man, listen, we've all, we've all made our fair share of mistakes on this show over the years. Um, yeah. we've all been very dark versions of ourselves. And I like to think, listen, if he was regressing, if he was going back to, 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 to the old version that he used to be, I'd, I'd be a little bit worried. Um, but I mean, listen, the guy's, he's a family man now. He's got a kid. He's married. He's, you know, he's a dad. He's married. Um, I have a very, I have a very complicated relationship with him because he was, you know, he's a Massachusetts guy. So I always felt like I want to root for him. I want to claim his titles, all that stuff. I didn't like some of the stuff he did on the challenge, but as he got older, really last year when Fessy like directly challenged him, almost yeah. like hurt his feelings, like your days are over. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like a new era. Like he was so condescending and it kicked in this new CT fandom for me. And I'm like, all right, CT, you got to fucking bring it back. You got to show this dude. And he did. And it was great. It was. And that's what I'm saying. You know what? And that's why I think with a lot of the old school characters, right? And obviously CT being one of them, it's like they they don't make they, – we're cut from a different cloth, right? And yeah. the fact that this guy in his 40s, all right, is still, I mean, handling business and running circles uh, around the newer guys. Listen, and, and I know you know this because you've said it on, on your podcast last season. There was this debate. Who's the GOAT, Johnny Bananas or, or, or CT? And at this point, it's like I just – I'm just glad that the old guys and the vets – no matter how many of these new rookies you throw at us, no matter how much you change the dynamic of the house, the cream still rises to the top. Yeah, and uh, and 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 we're still winning. So, um, well, comparing yeah. you guys, I mean, physically, if there's certain challenge, certain no, challenges, he's going to be the best at it. There's no comparison. You're the, be you the best at strategy and manipulation. 
But you were also more well-rounded than he was in the challenges. Like you had better endurance than he did. You could do more things. I think there were specific challenges where he was going to, he was going to dominate everybody, but I think you brought the most to the table. So it's a, it's a good argument. Like if, what, so you're talking about like if we were to strap each, like if we were to strap one another to the other one's back, you're saying that he'd win that every time? I would say he would win that. I would say there's certain <laughs> hall, although you were good in the hall brawls, but like hall brawl until no. Fessy really showed up. If no it's thanks. just running a straight line into somebody, CT was the goat for that for a long time. I'm good with that. No, thank yeah. you. If they, if they line me up at the other side of a hallway with CT. I'm going to just tell TJ that, um, yeah, you, have a, you have a pulled I'm, hamstring. Yeah. But that, I've got a, but I've got a broken Fe neck, but Fessy's yeah. pretty, you know, they're trying to establish him as like CT 2.0. And I think he's way more limited than CT was. He can do certain things. He can run right into you. Any sort of just running with some strength involved. He's good, but I, I don't see him ever winning the challenge. I don't think he has the endurance or the smarts. I think here's the thing. I think Fessy does for a guy of his size, he does have great endurance. What he lacks is the ability to play the game. Okay. And, and I think oftentimes with the challenge, we're so focused on physical attributes and physical abilities and strength and speed and stamina. And while you obviously need those to win challenges and to win the final, the physical part of the challenge is maybe 10% of the show. The other 90% is mental. And the other 90% is being able to survive and, and, and manipulate people in the house. And while you say that, you know, my manipulation skills are great, I would say that CTs are definitely on a, I wouldn't say that they're on a different level, it, like they're better, but it's just CT's game. What he brings to the table is just completely different than mine. Because not yeah. only is he able to manipulate people, but then he has that intimidation factor as well. Uh, to, but to, it was to, bad to for the on. for yeah. for basically the first forty percent of his challenge career. His game was bad because that was always what would shoot him in the foot. Yeah, he'd either yeah. flip out, he'd get mad at somebody, yeah. he would screw up in the worst possible time. But then yeah. it, it kind of he kind of what was the one with Wes? His first win that was when he kind of settled into it and figured it out. It felt like rivals too. Yeah, yeah. No, that was uh that. But again, that was that was him. I think starting to like to 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 kind of calm down. He he went from. Being the, you know what it was? I think CT went from being like the Incredible Hulk, where he was like this like right. rage monster, to then kind of being like, you know, did you see the last Avengers when like Bruce Banner? It was almost like kind of like the combination Hulk, like he was like the Hulk with glasses. Yeah, that's kind of where CT's at now. He hasn't lost the rage monster thing, but he's he just has better control of it. You know? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Do you feel like um, so it's basically Donnie, Anissa, and CT. Are yeah. the true OGs that are left? So, are you rooting for them when you watch it? Like, who do you root for when you watch this? Or are you just the whole 100%. time you hate it? No, I don't know. It's not that. I, listen, I don't hate it. I just, you know what it is. I just feel like, and I've always felt like this in life. I've always felt like if I want something done right, I have to do it myself. Okay. Yeah. I have a very hard time with having some sort of project that I need done and relying on somebody else to do it properly. And that's in a way kind of like how I felt about the challenge for the last two seasons, because I'm not there almost as like the, 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 the watchful parent. Um, it's just difficult watching a lot of these new people run amok. Um, and yeah, what, what, let's talk about that because they show up in the house. There's a lot, yeah. there's eight survivor people. 
Yep. There's a bunch of new people. There's a, less a veterans, less veterans and rookies. So that first day, what like what's the strategy that first day? What like if you were in that house, what are you trying to figure out? So I was a bit confused by the first day. First of all, usually the way it starts off, and I'm not sure if they just didn't show this or how it worked, but there was no, there was no uh uh stampede into yeah, the where house. Was that? Where was the running into the house and finding a room? I always enjoy that scene. The running of the bulls, because that's a lot of times that's where the that's what always kicks off the drama. A lot of times we'll start with the challenge and it's like, all right, but the, the, the drama usually begins with the stampede into the house because there's always an argument over beds. There's always an argument over rooms. There's always an argument. Well, I had my bag on this bed first. And then it really does put people, it almost creates like a, like a totem pole in a way, because if you're left out of a room, if you look and you're like, okay, this is like the cool kids room. And I'm not in that room it automatically makes some like very strange like hierarchy or pecking order. So what was your so what was your move when you would try to find are you trying to team up with people or are you trying to pick the best room? What are you trying to do? Both. So generally what we would do is we would already when we got off the bus, we'd have whoever I wanted to room with. Rooming is a very it's one of the most important aspects of the house. Who you're in a room with, this is like going to be your zen area. This is going to be the only place that you're going to have to like you know, really just with all, when all the madness is going on in the house, the, your bed, your room, your space, the people you're in that room with, that is, again, that's like your safe space. So you want to be with people, you want to be in a room with people that you actually are going to vibe with. Or and do you want to be with guys or a mixture? Yeah. Or do you, yeah. You want to be with other guys, right? Too much drama with girls in the room and they're yeah. messy and it, it's right. just, it, it's never, you know, it's just, it never works out. Um, so we would always plan like, right, this is who we want to be with. Now, uh, generally we're, we're in some sort of a mansion or, or, you know, uh, uh, you know, some sort of like, you know, a, a chalet or some massive house upstairs is always where you want to go. You always want to go upstairs for a couple of reasons. One, you're going to have the best view, but two, you want to be as far away from like the common areas as possible. Cause this is where people are going to be up drinking, being, you know, degenerate idiots until all hours of the night. And a lot so of the, times so the rookies go first floor. Because they don't know any better. They don't and know any like better. it's easier to grab a room and they don't realize they're right next to where there's going to be chaos every night. So you run up, you want to go upstairs first. And what you do is the first room you see, you, you just, and I always want a bottom bunk in a corner somewhere. You don't want to be by the door. You want to be in a corner where you almost have like a little, like a cave, right? I'll always see the first bed and I'll just throw my bag on, on a first random bed just as like a as like a safety, just in case, because then you already have a bed reserved and then you can continue going and looking for a better option if there is one. You always want the biggest bathroom, all right? You want closet space and you want a big bathroom as well. Um, so if you find a room with the, with the biggest bathroom, like the master bathroom, I mean, that's that's what you want. You want to find the master bedroom with the with, with So the you're going space. in, so let's say like, I don't know, you're you're running in with like Tony and Leroy. Yeah. So the three of you are like, we're all rooming together. We're gonna run upstairs. Yep. I'll I'll throw my bag in a room, but you guys and if you find a bigger room, then we'll scatter back and get that. And we'll usually have a guy, Zach was always really good at this, as running interference. So what he would do is he's a big so we'd be <laughs> ahead of him and he would just kind of post up on the stairwell and really like just run interference, not let anyone else pass. Why and don't they show you, this on the show? I don't understand this. What I'm this saying, is hilarious. It, it was a missed, it was a huge missed opportunity on this first episode. I'll tell you what, I'm surprised there's not more injuries 
on the, in that initial, you know, just mad dash to the house because you have people who've who've been sitting on a bus generally for 24 yeah. hours after a flight. You haven't stretched. You're 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 cold, you're tired, you you're not warmed up and you go from that to an absolute dead sprint. I mean, it's it's almost more dangerous than hall brawl, to be honest, the, the, the initial sprint into the house. And um, I just felt like it was a really big missed opportunity this season because they didn't show it. In addition to the toast, man, there was no kickoff toast either. And um, yeah, I have a couple of things written down. So they, they start with the challenge, which I never like. Yeah. Anissa and Logan win. They become the HC. Ashley and Huey go last place, but they there's no penalty. TJ introduces himself as your handler. <laughs> Wait, how about just your host? What, like, what, why do we keep adding these weird agent wrinkles? Like, I, I did people think last year worked with this fake Mission Impossible theme? I don't get it. So, he, million dollar prize. Yep. Which yep. remember the days where the prize was like a hundred k? I remember the prize when it was. I mean, it was a hundred k. But I remember the breakdown was even less. It was a hundred k for the winning team, and there could be up right. to ten people on your team. Yeah. Right. Um. We found out Amanda's a mom. Yep. Kyle said he got his girlfriend pregnant, seemed excited about it. Um, <laughs> we had Gabo pick Nani because she was hot. She had a we pretty had face. Immediate tension with Kells from Too Hot to Handle and his partner Tori. I just, it just seems impossible for Tori to get through a season without clicking with somebody. You want, that's I, mission, that, that's her, that's, you want to talk Mission Impossible. I mean, yeah, that's, it, it really is. It really um, is. We have a veteran truce where everyone decides to vote off the rookies, which I thought was smart. And then everything leads to this party scene where there's no toast. No toast. It's pretty mediocre. Nothing's yeah. really happening. And it makes me think, do you feel like MTV has just decided um, in this new era we're in where it's way more respectful, stuff like that, that they just, the days of like Camilla, you know, parading yeah. around at three in the morning or people hooking up on the roof like yeah are they just not going to show that anymore i i mean that's that's the way it looks i i mean we are we're living we're living in a different we're living in living in a different world and and the days of i always call like reality television back when i started like the wild west right it really was there was it was lawless there was there, there was there was no rules um well there was also specific ways to get more camera time that people were aware of yeah it was always good to have the three o'clock fight. The, that's that's going to be a scene on the show. You just knew it. So that, if anything, it was a little professional wrestling-like. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think th there's probably some other things that, that factored in as well. I mean, I think that, you know, COVID has changed the game a lot. I think, um, yeah. you know, it's it's almost like the, 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 the elephant in the room or even though... I just think that that severely limited the options because there was always the let's go out to the bar 
You know what I mean? Let's go right. out and let's let's have a night out. You can't really do that anymore. Um, yeah, Jacoby and I were saying last year, not having the van ride home from the bar with oh, drunk drunk people in a van well, the, was, yeah. You knew no matter how tame the house was, that first night out, the first night you went out, because that there's something about being out of the house and being able to go to a bar where you're not really confined by the restrictions that production puts on you when you're in the house. When you're in the house, they are able to portion out the amount of alcohol they want you to have, right? They bring it out. You have to, they'll autograph a bottle. You have to return one bottle to get a, to get a full one. When you're out at the bars, it's, I mean, it's, it, 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 you know, all bets are off. Shots become a lot easier. All kinds of things. Yeah. So, and that's, so that's generally where the insanity kicks in is the first time you go to the bar. And, And now because of COVID and I think for some other reasons now they've, they almost have the bar at the house. So you don't really go out anymore. There's no like night out. It's like now instead we're just going to go into the backyard into this like club setup that we have. Yeah, I don't and even know where are we. I did, did they even say where we were this year? In uh, this season? We're in um, Croatia. I don't know if they okay. mentioned that. I don't I don't I, know if they mentioned it on the show. They did. I missed it. I was taking notes and I missed it. I, yeah, was, trying I, think- to, I was taking notes too. I was trying. There's so many new names here. There's not just names. Let's names go over that, some. Names that are like weird names. Like Gabo, <laughs> Kells, uh, Huey, Huey. Okay, hey, uh, Huey, Huey's the man. Huey's the man. By the way, I think out of all the the Huey Ashley partner combination is probably my favorite thus far. All right. Well, and then are- we have the revelation that Ashley and Nelson they're in Austin together, and there's like some repeated hookup stuff. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that they're probably not getting married and having four kids. Would be you don't think it's gonna work out? I don't. I don't think long term. I don't really see. You can't, I don't really I, see a long term future with that with those two. I got my faith in both of them. Okay, <laughs> I got my faith in them. Um, well, you want to go through the teams? I have them all written down. I've got I've got most of them. Yeah. So, well, how about the other shows too? I mean, we got we got Ga- Gabo from Warsaw Shore. I didn't even know there was a shore in Warsaw. Yeah, what channel is that on? I have no idea. Worst mm-hmm. Usher. There was there was another like Germany show. What was that one? Like Survivor Germany? It was. Are you sure you're not talking about X on the Beach Double Dutch? <laughs> yeah, what was that one? I don't know. How about or how about uh Corey L from Twelve Dates of Christmas? I mean, I've never heard. I was just listen. I was just happy that this year we didn't have someone from America's Got Talent. Okay, right. But now looking, looking What's back the on circle? it. circle? Is the circle, is that they apparently, they brought Ed in at the end of the first, and it was like, he's from the circle. And I'm like, am I supposed to know what that is? I was expecting when they were like, because, okay, that again, here's another, that was another moment that I was just let down by. This was supposed to be this big twist. And why um, Nam, why'd Nam go home? They didn't even explain why. It was like, you saw Nam for like a split second in the beginning before, you know, before they sprinted into the, to grab their sledgehammers, you see a, a, a shot of Nam and you don't hear about him again until the end when they're like, well, Nam had to leave. And it's like, so they, they don't explain why. And then I'm they glad you in- brought this up because last year, Nam was a big character. Yep. They really played him up. Jacoby and I got endless enjoyment out of, um, <laughs> that he was basically a corpse for most of the time, but then he would have these, uh, r- fortune cookie comments. Yeah. Um, where he would just have these revelations out of nowhere and then he would go back to being a corpse. But then this year they show him and it's like, anytime somebody is just 
erased from a first episode and then they're gone, either something bad happened and they didn't want to show it, which I don't think would happen with him. Or my the other thing I was thinking was like, was there some sort of COVID thing where somebody in his life tested positive or something? We're just like, we got to get this dude out. Other than that, I can't think of why you wouldn't even tell us why he wasn't on the show. Because he had a partner initially. I forget who his partner was, but he had, I think it was Michelle, the survivor girl. Yeah, um, yeah. There was initially a partnership. They never showed them together, and then he was out. Gone. Vanished like a fart in the wind. I don't know, man. I, I have I have no idea. I mean, I, I got I I mean, I'm you know, drawn as I'm I'm drawing I'm drawing a blank here too. But the guy Ed, so so his replacement. Yeah, they made it seem like Wes was coming out or something. They show the feet and they show the, you know, I'm I'm expecting it to be like a vet. Everyone's like waiting with like bated breath. I, I was worried like, it was gonna be Leroy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Leroy's back. <laughs> oh my god i mean that would have actually been that would have been climactic it was just that was just such an anticlimactic thing because nobody knows who this guy is yeah you know they're I mean? like it's ed it's yeah I'm like, I'm like who's ed it's ed from the circle oh ed from the circle i still don't know who this is <laughs> tj even laughed he goes all right ed like yeah all right mr ed's here um yeah i mean so we got some real we, we, how about a manual you know, the, the, Emmanuel, the guy from, um, what was it from? I think it was uh, from Spain, from one of the shows in Spain with the, he had like the Jordan bowl cut, the Jordan wisely. I wasn't impressed. I couldn't see him holding the trophy at the end of the season. Cause the, the, the thing to really watch here is Casey, you know, uh, the, the CT. Yep. Um, Fessy, like who are their partners? Who are the favorites? Corey, who are the favorites going to end up as partners? And it didn't really seem like a super team was there except for Kells and Tori. Yeah. Cause I was like, all right, this one, these might be good together. And then that they were broken up by the end of the episode because Tori got stolen. Yeah. So I don't even, I don't even, it's not even worth going through all the teams because I don't even know who the favorites are. I don't know who any of these people are. That's another thing I almost feel like they should have waited. I feel like the first episode, I mean, that's a twist. You, I think you should almost be like, all right, here's the game. You let everybody kind of like play the game, get used to the, to, to the rules being a certain way. Then you pull the carpet out from under them. I mean, we didn't even have enough time to understand the original rules of the game or how people were, were, were paired up together and how vo- voting was super complicated. They're voting on iPads now. I'm like, man, I remember back in the day when we had to like, you know, draw names in the dirt. Now it's like, right. I mean, they've gotten so high tech now. You got TJ popping up on a screen like Carmen San Diego. I mean, listen, the, the, it's like <laughs> I feel like this season. It's like if you took the circus, an escape room, and like Craigslist from Europe, and you put those all together, like that's the challenge that we got. You know what I mean? That's that's spies, lies, and allies. I don't understand why they overthink why the spies now has become the central theme of the challenge. Why it's always think- been. It's always no, but been. I, mean, I mean, just like just them trying to make it seem like they're it's like the fifth born identity movie or something. Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to like these two people used to date and now they're on a team together? Here, here's what I think is it's. I feel like if they put maybe a little less attention and focus onto like the special effects and the CGI and focused it more on just or not even just taking that out. It's like the game is the challenge is is. It's complicated and it's beautiful in its simplicity. And that's why I feel like it's always been. You don't need 
to add a bunch of bells and whistles onto the game. One, I of, agree. The question, one of the questions I get asked more than anything when I'm, you know, by fans, is it real? Is, is the drama real? Is the chat, do they have to script it? And what I always tell them is I'm like, listen, from the, the personalities that they cast in the house to the diabolical setup of the game, to the amount of money that's on the line, uh, you know, all these other external factors, you don't need to script it. Reality is stranger than fiction. And the things that happen in this house are always organic. Just because if you put someone put someone in a pressure cooker for long enough, eventually they're gonna snap. And if you put enough money on the line, you know, there's and you put a certain uh, uh, if you put a certain personality type in the house. These things are just organically going to happen. And, and I almost feel like when you overcomplicate the game and when you and when you it, it almost takes away from that, it, you know, you don't need all these other things to, 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 to make the show entertaining and to make the show crazy. It's going to be crazy on its own. Um, Who's in the um, eventually they're going to snap Hall of Fame? Who's in the first class? Camilla, Tony. OK, Camilla, Tony. Um, uh, Lolo Jones. <laughs> Lolo Jones. Lolo Jones. Yeah, who knew she was going to be in the first class? Good lord. Um, I mean, CT's graduated from that class. He was in there for he he was in that class. CT was yes. Yeah, CT was definitely in there. That's a good one. He's graduated. Um, we're, we're missing. We're missing a lady from like the late two thousands, early two thousand ten. Katie Katie Doyle. Oh, Katie Doyle's a great one. Yeah, she's yeah. in the first class. Oh, good oh, lord. Yeah, Trishel. Trishel, yep. Um, and then going way back, probably Puck. Like, he couldn't even make it through initial episodes of these seasons. So they would, no. would get kicked off. No. Yeah, that's a good first class. If you, if you have any more of them, put it in a Bananas Twitter request. I'm um, going to, yeah. Yeah, look, I miss the days of, like, Tony had too much to drink and he fell asleep and then you put toothpaste on his head and he woke up and got mad and tried to flip the bunk bed out. Mm -hmm. Don't Don't lose that piece of the challenge, challenge. Here's the problem. Okay, but but here's the problem is it's like, all right, I've always considered myself, especially on these shows, I feel like, okay, half the house at this point, they're all brand new. They don't know what the challenge is, okay? Yeah. They don't know what they're supposed to do. I almost feel like they're looking to the vets, the people that have been there, almost to like show them, like, how do we act? What do we do? Yeah. And coming into a house, especially when there's a lot of new kids, I remember, you know, and Wes was always really good at this as well. Well, Wes was the rookie suck up guy. Yeah, but you, but, but as a strategy, they follow your antics. Whatever the vets do, they're going to follow and they're going to fall in line. So if we it's show like up high to the school, house, they're like yeah. the freshmen in high school and you guys are the seniors. If you are causing trouble and if you're pranking people and if you're getting drunk and, 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 you know, making an ass of yourself, then they're going to follow your lead and they're going to do the exact same thing. I feel like the vets now, they're so cagey and they're so cautious that what ends up happening is you just have an you have an entire house of people that just don't exactly know what to do or, or how to act, which is why the entire first episode all revolved around a list, some list that was that that was written. Yeah. Um, and that was the most scandalous thing that went down. Episode one. Episode one is supposed to be the banger. All right. Right. Episode one is supposed to. It, it, it usually comes out it, it, and it's I mean, there's fights, there's hookups, there's people getting drunk, there's people having meltdowns and getting kicked off. And 
we didn't really see much of that. I felt like the, the, for, for as far as a first episode goes, this was a very was mild, tame. very tame first episode. Well, do you think that a piece of that is there were eight Survivor people on this and Survivor is a classic feel it out. Yeah. Don't show your cards. Um, you're kind of moving in the shadows versus... Big Brother as well. I feel like yeah. Big Brother and Survivor play the same game. And I feel like the 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 players again are bringing but that's the thing. That's you almost need to break them of that habit, right? Yeah. It's like this isn't the this isn't Survivor, this isn't Big Brother. This is the challenge. And we do things a little bit differently around here, all right? This isn't hide and whisper in corners. This is, you know, this is get people to make horrible mistakes out of the gate. We did have three hookups or sort of hookups. We had Nelson and Ashley, which seems like they have a history. We had Nani and Casey, the reveal that they're in some sort of relationship, which we know if you follow Nani on Instagram is like a full-fledged relationship now. Again, I feel like that should have been something I feel like fans want to see. That that should have been a bigger yeah, reveal. Why are they trying to hide that? Yeah. That's, yeah, I don't that's, know. That's like, unless you follow them on social media, that's like pretty shocking that Nani and, and Casey are now a real couple. And, and then what does that mean for the strategy of the game? And there's all these pieces to that they ignored it. And then, uh, Fessy with Amanda, Amanda. who's now a mom who's Fessy's trying to be stepdad Fessy. Like that was another one where it's kind of going on. Nelson started heckling it. It fell apart, but, um, yeah, is that going to be a thing? So they kind of ran from all that. Um, and then you mentioned the list. I guess that was the big twist. Oh, we, we forgot to mention there was a birthday party. And then Anissa did the toast. She kind of did the Johnny Bananas type of toast. I, I didn't feel like there was a lot of thought put into it. I, I felt like she was on your corner a little bit. Did I miss the birthday party? Yeah, there was a birthday party. There was a Logan and Michelle birthday party. It was quick. Um, and Anissa gave a toast, and then it was kind of like nothing really happened. That led to some of the hookups. I must have been too busy taking notes, man, because I missed. I completely missed the birthday party. Um. Okay. Let's let's go to uh, let's wrap this up with who are we rooting for, and who do we think is going to win? So who who is bananas rooting for? I mean, obviously Nani would be fun to see her actually win. I, and and I don't want to sound cliche by saying this, but I'm just I'm pulling for the vets, man. I listen. Okay. I, I I again am when it comes to when it comes to the challenge. It's uh, again. It's like I. I'm like a, like a parent, right? Looking over, yeah. looking over my child. And if I can't be there to be the babysitter or to watch over him, it's like, I want to know that it's in good hands. And again, I feel like, you know, there's so many people on this show that I've, that I've spent so much time with. And, and, and I feel like those are the only people whose hands I'm comfortable with the show being in these days. So obviously I'm, pulling so who are for, those people? So you're pulling for Nani, you're pulling for who Nani, else? CT a little CT, bit. Yeah. Nani CT. I mean, I mean, even Corey to, 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 to an extent, you know, who's, I almost felt like in a way it was like, I'm watching now some of the vets who are now vets in the position that I was in when they came onto the show for Corey, yeah. for example, I remember I was kind of like the older guy. Corey yeah. came in. He was the younger guy. It was almost like, all right, it, it's it was almost like the the you know trying to take out the the bigger lion. And it's funny because now I see Corey in the position that I was in with a lot of these new guys coming into the game. Corey yeah. L, um, uh, Kells, 
And uh, there's the one part when, when, when Tori or when Corey's running wind sprints up and down the hill and you've almost got these three younger guys now like clowning on him. Right. When instead it should be like, yo, you should be respecting this dude. Cause he's, he's one of the, vets in the time. Here. Yeah. And you guys instead are sitting up here being like, oh, dude, who's who's this old guy? You know, and, and it was almost it's almost weird watching again like this, like this, this passing of the torch, you know, and Corey running wind sprints with a with a bath towel hanging out of his shorts. And it's like the circle of life, almost like not not respecting the old guys. So I'm pulling for the old guys. Listen, I'm pulling for for Huey. Only because this guy has got one hell of an uphill battle having Ashley as a partner. Right. I think he realized that right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling for Nelly T. I mean, listen, if for nothing else, just his commentary, like in the beginning, this is what I was what, what I was alluding to before. It's like he breaks it down so simply, like what we had to do in the beginning. He says, hey, man, we're sitting here. We're, we're, we're handcuffed. We see these people running out of the forest. They've got a hammer and there's a key on the hammer and they're going to have to unlock us with that key. And it was like, how profound, man. Like he's got it all. He's got it all spelled out. Uh, Kyle, listen, man, Kyle needs a million dollars, I guess, to buy diapers. So I'm obviously right. pulling for Kyle. He's he's due for a win. Um, what about Devin? Where do you stand? Do you consider Devin a vet? Uh, a vet? He's kind of a hybrid. He's not quite there yet, but I, I like Devin. I'm, I'm I, you know, he's using some of your playbook, but I enjoy his. uh I enjoy his character. I'm actually, believe it or not, and I never thought I'd say this. I am actually pulling for Devin. I think Devin has a very underrated sense of humor. Me too. And I think because Might even be properly rated. Because yeah, because him and I have never never really got along or never really saw eye to eye. It was almost like I wasn't really able to appreciate kind of what he brought to the table. But now that I'm kind of you know, removed. not involved in it, removed from it. I can almost appreciate it more. The same with Nelson. Nelson yeah. and I didn't get along for a, a, a really long time. So I didn't appreciate him and what he brought to the table. My favorite teams, I'm rooting for um, Michelle and Devin. Michelle, the survivor, the one who I think she won in 2016, but I always liked her on Survivor. I think she's, I think she's going to be a good one on the show because I think she's smart. I think she's manipulative. I think her and Devin together, even though physically they're going to be in trouble in some of the more physical challenges, I think they're going to be smart how they manipulate it. I'm rooting for Tori and uh, Coriel. I thought Coriel was good in the challenge. Like he basically, I did too. He basically uh, took care of the other three. I always root for Nani. Nani and Gabo. I know they're not going to win, but I'm going to root for that. And then uh, CT and Berna. I think CT's going to have to switch partners at some point. I, I wasn't really totally uh, impressed by Berna, but those would be my four. And then obviously, Fessy can't win. If there's anything, I I would rather Fessy didn't win than any other result. So as long as Fessy doesn't win, I'm happy. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I, I'm with. I, listen, I'm actually pulling. Believe, Anissa, I'm I'm pulling for Anissa and Antonio Banderas, man. Like, I mean, I think the two of them <laughs> are going to be a solid team. I'm more pulling. Listen. Instead of pulling for teams that I want, I just want to see teams break down, okay? I can't wait. I cannot wait to see the disaster that is going to be Huey and Ashley, okay? I don't know why, but I just know that that combination, <laughs> Huey just, just listen to the guy talk. Just He's just, he's hysterical. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, again, yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, Gabo and Nani uh, is going to be another very interesting combination. I think Gabo didn't really think his pick through all that well. Like I said before, I think he was thinking about more like, 
this is not who you're. This is not who you're looking to hook up with. This is who you're looking to compete with. And I think yeah, once he, he realized was on a dating show, he didn't really yeah. realize. Once he realized Nani was taken, and that she's you know zero for eleven in the challenges, you could just see the, the you know the, the 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 life drain out of his face. Well, we'll see who's going to run TJ's final. Um, we should bet, we should explain to people what what the what this podcast is going to be. You're going to be every week. We're trying to tie it at least for this challenge season. You're going to react to the challenge. You're going to have different guests. I'm not going to be on every week. You're going to pull people from your life. We're going to have people like Juliet. Jacoby might be on one. Yep. Um, that you're going to play off, talk about the different shows. And then we're also going to, when it's dead, you're going to do basically the Hall of Fame episodes. You're going to go back, deep dive. Um, yep. Some of the most famous challenge moments ever. Take us behind the curtain. Yep. Maybe some things nobody knew about, but uh, I, I, I'm i really some excited BTS, for this. Little BTS. I know. Listen, Bill, I want to... You came up with a very you know, with an, with another in, incredible concept on, on the ringer, the rewatchables. So it's almost yeah. going to be, be similar to that, where what I want to do is take people through past seasons of the challenge, maybe not the entire season, but, but, you know, uh, pivotal episodes, um, the Johnny bananas backpack, the, you know, the, the, the $275,000 cash grab, um, Darrell, Darrell beating up Brad. Darrell beating up Brad. My, you know, we're gonna my, do the greatest hits. My dude. first win, and yeah, we'll, all of them. we'll we'll go back through. We'll rewatch those, and we're gonna break down these episodes and give people a little bit of uh, behind the scenes uh, info and knowledge that that they didn't know about. So um, I'm really excited. I'm excited about it. What what's Leroy's first episode on this gonna be? Because I think that's what. America's happy this podcast exists. They're excited yep. for death taxes and bananas. But really, the Leroy episode is going to be like the end of Shawshank Redemption when yeah. Red's walking down the beach and he sees Andy. <laughs> it's going to be just, that kind of level of emotion. I'm going to be sanding a boat. And me and Leroy are just going to embrace. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I don't, we're going to within I, the first five. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want. I'm gonna bring. I want to bring Leroy on. To, I want to get his take on this season. You know what I yeah. mean? Again, from him watching from an outside perspective and kind of being removed uh, from the show. I want to get. I want to get his take on things. So, are we um, sure he's re officially retired? I feel like he's another one that I could see him, especially now that we have these challenge all stars and these different. Like, I, I just don't feel like we've seen the last of Leroy. Never say never, but I will say this: that Leroy is uh, doing very well, and he's very happy. Um, you know, with in his in his the next uh, phase of his life. You know, what a being what a, a pull by him with Killer Cam. I know, Great job by him, right? They're America's favorite couple, and I'll tell you what, man, that they, they are, they are, they're perfectly cut out for each other because yeah. Leroy is Leroy is a wild man, all right, and I and I know this from just experience and the days we shared <laughs> in Cartagena, Colombia, but yeah, um. But Cam has been such like a, you know, just a just a calming, neutralizing force for him, and I, and I think he needs that. I think uh, there, there's some of us out there that need uh, need that in our lives, someone to kind of like ground us and keep us keep us honest. And I think she's been a she's been an incredible addition to his life, and um, I love watching the two of them and you know everything that they that all the crazy antics that they're involved in. At some point, they need to do. See, I think Battle of the Seasons that was an ep that was a season that even though the the actual people that were on that show, they could have done better. The concept was good of like these four person teams Yep, where two people had to go in. They had to kind of litigate who was going in. So you had drama on the teams, but then you had this kind of gang versus gang concept, which I like. I do think they should figure that out at some point where like 
you and Leroy and two other people you like, CT and three other people he like, and not and just like go, oh, this is it, man. These are like the clicks versus the clicks. Let's go. Let's see who has the best. I've one. actually pitched that idea before at the challenge alliances and and putting, yeah. putting alliances your favorite, pitting your favorite alliances against each other. And yeah, why can't we have that, Bill? I'm with you, man. I think it's I think. Um, I don't know. I, it, it just it seems like for now the challenge is making this more of like a global push, and it's almost we're almost kind of phasing out a lot of the, you know, a, a lot of the older cast members, a lot of the older storylines in favor of new faces, fresh blood, uh, international uh, representation, and it's kind of uh, it, it, it's yet to it's yet to see um, you know how well, it all you- works out. So. The biggest thing that they've lost is the real world, which was the feeder system yeah. to the challenge yeah. and yep. putting people on these entire seasons where you could find out like, oh, Johnny Riley, this is somebody who should be on the challenge. And, you know, yep. once we lost those real world seasons, I think it became harder for them to figure out who should be on the challenge. You don't have the, the, the problem is, is you don't have fans going into the challenge season with any sort of a vested interest. Yeah, a backstory in, in the new people. Um, and I think if you're going to do that, if you're going to bring new people on, I feel like they have to be just amazing, insanely over the top, charismatic, crazy personalities. Um, I felt like we had that with world of worlds. I feel like the world of worlds one, uh, rookie class was fantastic. All right. With Turbo and and um, Ashley Kane and Theo and Bear and Georgia and Jenny and all these people, like I feel like that cast that was one of the best casts we've had in a long time. Yeah, um, but a lot of them for different reasons, for various reasons, you know, haven't been back on the show. And I feel like we're, we're yet to like recapture that that rookie. Um, I mean, listen, I'm not, maybe it'll I'm happen count- this year. Yeah, uh, we that's can't what I'm count out this year. Not counting these rookies out. I'm not counting this. We've only been through one episode. Um, but I feel like that's what we need. If we're gonna, if we are now going to inject a lot of this new new rookie blood in, they're gonna have to be, they're gonna have to be some 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 pretty dynamic personalities. All right, give us an outro. Bring us home. All right. I I just want to thank everybody for for coming by and listening to the to the first episode here of Death Taxes and Bananas. Once again, as I said, uh you know, the great Benjamin Franklin is a huge, is a, is a huge fan of, 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 uh, of this podcast. I thought you would have a to toast ready for this. I don't have gonna, a, to- I, Jesus, the toast. I thought you were going to toast yourself. I thought you were going to toast yourself at the end. Here's to living, lo- here's to living, loving and going bananas. <laughs> All right. Good luck with this podcast. I'm excited to listen to it every week. Hey, I'm excited. Hey man, I'm excited to put one out every week. <laughs>